Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And the next. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. In the chapters 19 to 21 of the book, the answer was created. You'll find many, many experiences, joy experiences in the Lord. But this evening, we want to share with you how that we can actually put in a very practical use this praising the Lord for his goodness. And I'm going to hand you, or have someone hand you in a few minutes, not quite yet, a therapy. If you found that you uh, get a little worried, anybody ever get a, just a little worried? May I see your hand? Thank you. Anybody just find that sometimes it seems like you get a little too much worried? May I see your hands? Anybody here that gets a little lonesome once in a while? You see, what we're sharing tonight, my friends, if the Holy Spirit helps us as I'm asking him to, you will not merely have a format, a therapy format this evening, but you will be able to share it with others the rest of your life. I want to first tell you about how successful this therapy is. You don't know what it is yet. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you how successful it is. Then I want to tell you how important it is. And then I want to tell you how it's completely neglected. <laughs> first, how successful. 30 years ago, when I couldn't even get out of bed, out of self-pity <laughs> and worry and frustration. I wasn't paralyzed, but I was completely exhausted. I couldn't get to the next room, really, because I'd had a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. And then the Lord showed me this, reviewed to me this therapy that a medical doctor of mine in my own church had been sharing with his patients. A medical doctor came to see me at this time when I was so sick and had nerve exhaustion, and he told me I was going to be laid up for six months. I started this therapy that I'm going to share with you, and in three days I was on my way home. I say, that means it's successful. What do you say? Six months for you, he said. Three days later, I was on my way home. I said, thank the Lord. He's taught me the ABCs of prayer. Now I'm going to share this therapy program with the world. And I must confess, I didn't. It was a whole year or year and a half before I did anything about sharing it. I had, in the meantime, been moved to another church a college church that had a sanitarium on the grounds next to the college. And a lady, a member of my fold, was in the sanitarium, and the doctor told her that unless something happened, she'd have to take shock treatment in three days. 
She called on me, and I then shared with her 18 months after I should have been sharing it, this therapy. Three days later, the, the doctor came into her sick room and said, you don't need any shock treatment. I say, that means the therapy is successful. What do you say? Now, I'm ashamed to say it, but it's true. It was almost 10 years before I did anything about it again. We're in St. Louis, Missouri, and the lady who had been involved in an automobile accident had surgery, which was successful, but it left her nerves in a state of shock, had gone to one nerve specialist after another without any help. Finally, the nerve specialist sent her to some minister. She came to us, and we gave her this therapy program. In 10 days, she was well. I say, then it must be successful. What do you say? The next series of meetings we held, we read the thrilling letter that she wrote us of how the doctor had pronounced her perfectly well, which she knew anyway. And as we read it, this was in Florida, somebody came to the pastor and said, have Kuhn go with you to a little woman who is very sick, mentally. We went to her home. This woman was so badly off that when she answered the door, her eyelids were clear down just like the shades over a window. And she talked just like she looked. I have seen many people in mental institutions that looked worlds better than she. She said for 20 years she had lived in an imaginary room with four walls, no windows, and no doors for 20 years. We gave her this therapy program, and in four days, windows and doors came back in her room. Imaginary room. And in eight days, she was perfectly healed. I say, thank God, it's successful, right? Since then, we've been sharing it in different places. We shared it 14 years ago in Tucson, Arizona. There was a man from Lima, Ohio, who had been in the mental institution for three months. Uh, by the way, before he went to the mental institution, he got to arguing with the church board and the pastor. And then he went to the mental institution. The message is, don't argue with your pastor. <laughs> All right. And he got so upset and was so self-willed that the Lord let his mind collapse. He doesn't pay to argue and quarrel. He went to this mental institution for three months. They then released him, but he still wasn't well. He went down to Tucson, Arizona, where Elder Cook was a pastor. <laughs> I held a series. We held a series with him. I enjoyed it very much. Really, I fell in love with him there. And the people there loved him, and they finally kind of loved me, maybe for his sake. <laughs> Parenthetically, one lady came out one night, and she said, you know, you and Cook ought to unite together in an evangelistic campaign and call it the cocoon evangelistic campaign. <laughs> this man came down there still bewilderedly. We gave three sermons on this therapy. We felt it was so important. He had a very difficult time picking it up, though it's very simple. He went back to Lima, Ohio, and as the Lord would have it, that fall we went to Lima, Ohio for a series of meetings, and the pastor said, Brother Kuhn, I didn't have to advertise you much. There's a man, he said, that was all unstrung, terribly frustrated. 
He came down there to Tucson, and the Lord completely healed him. I say, it must be a successful therapy then. What do you say? Now, why am I telling you about these? And we could give many more experiences. Why am I sharing these? Because when I share the actual therapy, the tendency will be, that just is too simple. So you know, no matter how simple it is, it works. I have never seen one person yet, since we started sharing this therapy, I've never seen one failure where people carried it out. How about that? Nerves, lonesomeness, frustration, confusion of mind, unacceptance by others, many, many areas people have found themselves in. A doctor's wife came to us. They were in their 30s. She said, my husband is a good guy. But she said, I can't stand the ground he walks on. I presented to her this therapy in 48 hours she was healed and loved her husband like honeymooners. I say, therefore, it must be successful. How many will agree now? Let's see. All right. Now, thank you. The, the next question is this. Is it important with a world that's lonesome like all of us, that's frustrated like all of us, that's worried like all of us, that long for companionship like all of us, that long for acceptance like all of us, how important it is. This is how important it is. In the Bible, there are many doctrines, right? Some of these doctrines only have two or three texts of Scripture to prove them, like uh, the ordinance of feet washing. Yet it's true with only two or three texts, right? How many agree? Right? Now, if you have a doctrine that has ten texts to prove it, it must be very important. How many would agree? If you have a doctrine that has a hundred texts for it, it must be what? Anybody? Extremely important. But if there's a Bible doctrine that has 826 texts for it, it must be tremendous, 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 tremendous in importance. So, point one was its efficiency. I've shared a few experiences. Number two, it is so important that for every text, of, for every command in the Bible to keep the Sabbath, there are up to 50 texts for this therapy. If the Sabbath is important, which it is, what about a therapy that has up to 50 times the texts that commands to keep the Sabbath have? It must, therefore, be important. How many agree to that? All right. My, I like the way you respond. Now, the third point is this. It is sadly neglected. It is so sadly neglected that when we present this to a group of people, unless they've heard about it before, there's not one in a hundred that knows anything about it. Which means, since, number one, since it is successful, since, number two, it's very important, we want to do it even if we haven't done it before, right? How many can say amen to that? All right. Now I want to poll you. How many, by God's grace, would like this therapy and would like to put it into practice in your life if you can? Would you lift your hands? You can. 
now then, we're going to give you these, these extras right here. Who would come up and help Brother Newhart pass these out? Thank you. One to a, to every two people, or one to, you know, one to every two. Two people can look on it, I think. Uh, maybe we have enough so they can be one to each person, because you'll want to do some writing, and uh, here's what you can do. Did I give you one, Pastor? Thank you. This is what you can do. Oh, Wonderful. Let's see how far we can go with them. I believe we've got one for everybody here tonight. But whoever missed it tonight, they can't get any more because we'll run out. Let's go just as far as we can so everybody can get one of these. Because now we'd like to put, put you into this educational program. The therapy, you see? I'm going to see where it says the therapy. Therapy, all right. <clears throat> Step one, I'm going to wait a minute till, till our good deacons have passed these out. I appreciate the way you're doing it. I like these deacons. They seem to be deking. You know, there's a group of people that sing a song. What would you do with a deacon who won't deke? They said, put him off the board and put the board on him and let the church move on. These deacons are deking. Isn't that wonderful? You know, in some churches, about all the deacon thinks he's supposed to do is to be up there at the communion service and take up the offering. Isn't that sad? Deacons are supposed to deke. All right. Is there anybody does not have one that would like one? Just lift your hand. Thank you, my over here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any adult? Adult. Anyone else? Lift your hand if you don't have one. Right next to you, Brother Newhart. Our two lovely hands raised. Thank you. All right. Now, you have your pencil, paper. <clears throat> Number one, step one. Make a list of ten things for which you should be thankful, such as is listed here at the left below. And make each item listed here into a sentence, conforming to Nehemiah 8.10, which says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's say it together. The joy of the Lord is your strength. This is a therapy equation, friends. Joy plus the Lord is strength, and it's strength in every area of life. The joy of the Lord is our strength. 826 texts of Scripture for it. Now, today, somebody came to see me, <clears throat> And I presented this today to this person. And these are the items that this person put down. And I was writing them as this person was, and I later couldn't read all of my own writing. So I left off number eight. <coughs> later I remember <coughs> this person put down under number eight musical talent. And maybe later, after my writing gets a little colder, I can find out what number nine was. Teeth. Job, car, kids, intelligence, health, house, musical talent, and you can fill in another, and clothes. Now I said, what you'll do, here you've got the ten words. Before we go any farther, would you turn over to the next page, and at the bottom of the page you'll find a little box. 
a little square at the left. Well, each of you write 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 in a list and put down 10 things for which you should be grateful. Will you do it now? Would you lead the way, brother? Thank you. And if you don't have a pencil, I have a pen. Anybody near me that needs a pen? <clears throat> Thank you. And now, while you're writing it, we're going to ask our brethren in the booth to just turn this right off for just about five minutes so to save time on our tape. <clears throat> now we're going, to, uh, we're going to ask one or two individuals to read the list that you have made of ten items. This fine lady right here. Thank you. Car, home, clothes, talents, health, furniture, boyfriend, Jesus dying for me, God's love, job, family, and friends. Thank you very much. Is there, what was the fi first item you had? The first item she had was a car. She thanked the Lord for a car. Did anybody else put a car on your list? Let's see. Look at the number that put car on your list. What was the second item, sister, that you put on your list? A home. How many put on your, on your list a home? May I see your hand? Look at that. Isn't that interesting? And now you may give her the mic again, Brother Newhart. What was the third item you put on your list? Clothes. Clothes. Anybody else put clothes? Yes, a lot. What was the fourth item? Talents. Uh, what's that? Talent. Talent. Anybody else put something that was similar to that? Yes, several. <laughs> and the next one? Health. Uh, what's that? Health. Health. How many put down some form of health? Well, look at that. One more. Furniture. 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 Uh, you may have put it down as a specific item, like a bed or something. How many put any item of furniture at all? Excellent. One more. Boyfriend. Boyfriend. <coughs> well, I'm not going to ask how many did that. <laughs> all right. That's all right. That's perfectly all right. Now, what was the next one, please? Jesus dying for me. That Jesus died for her. How many wanted to put down something about Jesus? Beautiful. And still one more, Brother Newhart. God's love. God's love. Anybody put down anything like that? Thank you. All right. Now... Since we've put it down, that was step part, that's the first part of step one. The second part of step one is to make each of these items into a sentence. The first one was a car. And the sentence would be this. Thank you, Lord, for my car. Thank you, Lord, for my car. That conforms to Nehemiah 8.10. When you say that, a chemical change takes place in the body. A chemical change takes place in the nerves. Nerve healing starts right then. Very small, but it starts. Can you imagine that? Because God says the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. It's nerve strength, it's marriage strength, it's soul winning strength, name it. So, uh, let's all say thank you, Lord, for the car. Would you want to? Together. Thank you, Lord, for my car. Again. Thank you, Lord, for my car. Now, the next, you'll do the same with every one of those ten items. Uh, the next item was, what was that next item? A home. Let's say it together. Thank you, Lord, for my home. Thank you, Lord, for my home. And the next item was uh, clothes. You want to join with us? Thank you, Lord, for my clothes. Now we go right down through the ten items 
each time saying, thank you, Lord, for, and we name it. That's step one. Step number two <clears throat> is make each of the words that we've already put down, make each of the words in the list into a sandwich. <laughs> a sandwich is composed usually of two slices, the same size and the same material. But between the two slices is the what? The filling. So we say uh, above, thank you, Lord, for my teeth. <laughs> well, my car, we'll say. Thank you, Lord, for my car. The second slice is the same word, set of words. Thank you, Lord, for my car. But between the two thank yous, we say, what in the world would I do if I didn't have a car? That's the filling. So it would say, thank you, Lord, for my car. What would I do if I didn't have my car? And as you say it, you'll really think it through. What would I do? This keeps us from saying thank you on a mere surface level, parroting so many words. It gets it down into the heart. Thank you, Lord, for my car. What would I do if I didn't have a car? Then we come on with that next slice. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for the car. Would you like to try it with me? Together. Thank you, Lord, for my car. What would I do if I didn't have a car? So, thank you, Lord, for my car. I was standing, <clears throat> ringing a doorbell, and I was thanking the Lord for, for hearing. And I, as I rang the doorbell, while the lady was coming to the door, I said, Lord, I thank you for hearing. That's the first slice. Now, what would the filling be? What would I do if I couldn't hear? And I said, Lord, imagine what would I do if for 10 years I had been unable to hear a single word. And then just as the lady opened the door, my hearing returned. You know how I'd say it? Lady, I can hear. She'd say, call the police. I mean, I would be so enthusiastic, she wouldn't know what it was all about. When I really put that filling in between the two slices, what would I do if I didn't have it? It goes down into the soul level. And something begins to take place. It is absolutely a chemical change that takes place in this joy. They did a research on a dog, of all things. Nobody being nice to him, nobody rejoicing with him, so he couldn't rejoice with anybody. And after so long a period of time, they did surgery, and they found that, that the marrow in his bones was dried up. Then they began to pet him, and they brought him back. Uh, and they, they sewed him up, took care of that, and, and they, they began to treat him kindly and they were happy with him and he could be happy you know how the dogs laugh they're laughing all the way <laughs> and then after a period of time they again did surgery and that dog's the marrow of that dog's bones was perfect beautiful chemical changes take place in our system when we thank the Lord 826 texts telling us teaching us be happy Rejoice! Thank the Lord for everything under the sun. 
All right? The sandwich is what? Let's try it again. Thank you, Lord, for my car. What would I do if I didn't have a car? Oh, thank you, Lord, for the car. Eyesight, let's put that down. Everybody together. Thank you, Lord, for eyesight. What would I do, Lord, if I had been blind for 20 years? Oh, thank you, Lord, for eyesight. And so we go right down through the list. And every chance we get to be alone, we say it. When the family meets for dinner, if they are willing, we can have a game together. The boys and girls can join in it. Daddy and mother can join in it. What a change from, for a meal, right? Thank you, Lord, for the food. What would we do? What in the world would happen if we hadn't had anything to eat for two days? Thank you, Lord, for the food. Don't you think the children would thank the Lord? We'd all be playing the game together. The person I shared this with this morning had told how meaningless her life is. The sadness, the unacceptance. My friends, by the time we came to this point, her whole face was radiant. She was rejoicing. I said, already, already, it, your eyes are bright and beaming, your countenance has changed. She said, I feel better. How many feel better? My friends, you will be literally astonished at what happens. Now, number three. Uh, uh, step number three on page two. This is extremely important. Step number three. In harmony with Romans 12, 21, which says what? Overcome evil with good. Every time a negative thought comes knocking at your mind, you will not express it in words. But immediately, you will munch on your thank you sandwich. Thank you, Lord. We had a, a member of our team several years ago who had real problems. With her, with her emotions. And when we shared this with her, she said, well, that, I'm going to do that. As she practiced it, she came back, she said, it isn't doing anything for me. I said, why do you think it isn't? She said, I think I know. I said, thank you, Lord, for my children. And then I said, how can I be thankful when they're on drugs? I said, you see what happened? Your strong expression of the negative canceled out all the positive thank you. So when you go into this program, the moment that the devil starts knocking at the door with a negative, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, for eyesight. Thank you, Lord, for hearing. What would I do if I couldn't hear? Thank you, Lord, for hearing. And the devil will knock. Don't get the impression he won't knock. And you'll find the mind starts wandering. Why did they do this to me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for fingernails. Thank you, Lord, for teeth. We were teaching this and have been teaching it for a number of years, and Brother Steve, whom we baptized six years ago out of Drugland, America, as he started holding series, he began to teach it. And he told the people different things to thank the Lord for. And he came to the point, thank you, Lord, for the teeth. And a little old lady stood up, and she said, Brother Steve, he thought, oh, no, what in the world is happening? 
She said, Brother Steve, I thank the Lord for my gums. <laughs> oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Amen. Now, friends, this is not something to talk about merely or to think about. It is something to put into practice immediately. I was doomed to six months being on my bed, and in three days I was a different person. Don't you think that I ought to share it with men and women? When there are 826 texts of Scripture and all of the experiences that I've had with people who've used it in all kinds of walks of life, what God has done for them, all kinds of promises, the lady who came today, I, I explained to her this. I said, when you start praising the Lord, and you may want to write this down, friends, when you praise the Lord, Psalm 22, verse 3 applies. Psalm 22, verse 3. This is what it says. It says, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel, which means God actually saturates the person who praises him. He saturates that person with his life. And put with that 1 John 5, 10 to 12, he that has the Son has life. So when God, when we praise God, he brings his life into our life. And what is that life? You may want to write this down. 1 John 4, 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. I said, as you go through this, experience and this therapy program you're opening your heart to the love of God every time you say thank you Lord for my eyesight you're thanking God that he loves you enough to give you eyesight when you say thank you Lord for hearing you're thanking God that he loves you enough to give you hearing when you thank God for your fingernails you thank God he loves you enough to give you something so he can pick up needles and pins and whatnot. So it is a love program, and my friends, it is opening the heart in acceptance to the great God who is love. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is what? God is love. Now it's a 10-day program. The next day, you add 10 more. And this is what she put down the next day. Would you like to read them with me? God's love that she was physically normal. She thanked the God for eyesight, for hearing, for smell, for taste, for touch, for a bed. And when she came to the bed, she said, you know, I thank the Lord for a bed. I could be sleeping out in the street. See, that's the filling. For the love of friends, for washer and dryer, she said, I thank the Lord for washer and dryer. If I didn't have one, I'd have to be using my hands. Thank the Lord for the washer and the dryer. Every added day you add 10 more till you get 100. At the end of 10 days, my friends, and during those 10 days, don't let the devil block this by letting you think, well, I wonder why people treat me. No, 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 no. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. And the devil says, but you know, you know that miserable thing? Oh, no, no, thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. And the devil says, but you know this mean thing? They'd... No, no, thank you, Lord. Number three is 
don't let the devil clog that praise program. Just open the soul and keep praising the Lord and praising the Lord and praising the Lord, and a merry heart doeth good like a what? Like a medicine. We have shared this in many audiences. Medical doctors have come in, and they have de decided that they would share it. I have received letters from medical doctors of the tremendous result on their patients. Why? It's God's program. It is God's equation. Joy plus the Lord equals strength. It doesn't make any difference how we feel. God is still there. We still can see, praise the Lord. We can still taste, thank the Lord. We can still walk, praise his name. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, one lady, a minister's wife, decided to try the program. For three days, she tried it and didn't do her one bit of good. She said to her husband, it hasn't helped me at all. He said, what did you do? She said, I resolved that I'd be more positive. He said, that wasn't it at all. You are to write it. You carry it in your hand on this little tiny cardboard. You employ the sense of touch by holding it. You employ the sense of sight by seeing it. You employ the sense of, of speech by saying it. You employ the sense of hearing by hearing yourself say it. Then you conform to, to Psalm 103, 1 to 5. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me, every sense of my being. And he said, I'll renew your youth like the eagles. I say, praise God from whom all blessings flow. What do you say? We've merely introduced it tonight. Shall we pray? While our heads are bowed in prayer, I don't know to what extent you've been impressed, but I pray that every soul who has any problem at all in worry, concern, will say, yes, Lord, I want to enter into this program, not just to decide to think positively, but to do it. How many here would like to start it by God's grace? Would you lift your hands? Oh, Lord, thank you beyond words. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio, and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.